Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is former WWE superstar Al Snow, and I have created the wrestling brand, Collar and Elbow Brand. It's wrestling apparel made by a wrestler for the wrestling fan in all of us. The love, the passion you have for wrestling is in this apparel. CollarandElbowBrand.com. Buy it today and help support the former wrestlers who made it possible for you to love wrestling today. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com and help support Cauliflower Alley Club and their charitable efforts. Locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubble. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling. And everything else. What's going on, everyone? I'll tell you right now, man. That cold weather is here and is here to stay. At least in sunny Boston, Massachusetts. (laughs) That's for sure. I mean, man, I got the winter coat out. I got the scarf, the gloves. You know it's serious business when you see people walking around wearing gloves. Okay? Because especially in New England... A lot of folks don't mind their hands being a little cold. And if you're like me, you're a warm bodied person anyway. So you can handle the cold elements a little bit longer. But I'll tell you, man, I broke out those gloves and and I have different gloves. So I, I, I have the thin ones, which, you know, if the temperature is, say, somewhere between 60 and 40 degrees, depending on how the wind is blowing, I'll break out the the thin gloves, but then I have those ski gloves. I mean, we're talking some thick suckers here that, you know, get the job done, protect your hands from the elements, keep you nice and toasty. And they, they, these are the ones where you can use your cell phone. You know, they have that special touch mechanism where you can use your cell phone while keeping the gloves on. Very important stuff here. So for all you warm weather people, you don't know anything about this. I'm going to, the Duke's going to hip you to some stuff here. But I have the gloves where I can use the cell phone, keep them on, keep my hands nice and toasty. And yes, I've broken them out because we've had single digit mornings and I'm up early. I'm up and out and about early in the morning, sometimes two, three in the morning. I'm outside. So I'll tell you, man, it's been worth it. You know, listen, on on today's episode, we have some very inspirational guests, some pretty serious topics to discuss and I think you're really going to love it. You know, everybody from uh, Kim Artlip. Now, she's an interesting one because she actually owns her own pro wrestling promotion. And we're going to jump right into that real soon. But we also have Vicky V. It's an indie pro wrestler who just has an incredible story uh, of coming back and, and dealing with some challenges in life and never giving up. Think you folks are really going to enjoy that. I'll also go over top stories, and in the end, I'm going to share my thoughts on this whole ACH Jordan Miles situation, whatever you want to call it. This guy's really 
I mean, he's he's made some very strong comments about the WWE, and I'm going to share my thoughts. A lot of folks have been asking me about it. But uh, let me not get ahead of myself here. Let's just jump right into my exclusive conversation with the one, the only, Kim Artlip. You folks are really going to enjoy this. It's coming at you right now. There are only a couple stereotypes of women in wrestling. You're either the eye candy, you're the valet, you're the wrestler, or you're the witch. And I'm an owner, so I'm not a stereotype. So being in wrestling is kind of interestingly weird for me because everyone expects me to come out and be Vicky Guerrero or be this total bumbling idiot. And I'm not. I've got a master's degree. You're absolutely right. People have no concept of a woman actually owning a wrestling promotion. I mean, you are the, for lack of a better term, the Vince McMahon of Ignite. Talk to us about the promotion itself, though. What, what can fans expect to see if we were to go to one of your shows? You're going to see family-friendly entertainment. You're not going to see a lot of profanity. You're not going to see a lot of TNA. You're going to see Hoss wrestlers out there. You're going to see chain wrestling out there. You're going to see lucha wrestling. You're going to be entertained without uh, 20 minutes of promos and everybody grabbing the mic and all this screaming. It is just plain ass wrestling. And that's what I want to give people. I want to give them an experience where they can go with their kids, uh, their wives, their friends, hang out. It's a noon show in a brewery, you know, food trucks and everything, and just enjoy themselves without all that drama and acting and all the and the promos and everything that drags the show on for four hours. Has it been working? I mean, this, this vision that you have for pro wrestling and, and what you want to deliver to your target audience, how has the reception been? Have you seen growth uh, since you started at night? Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm in, in Vero Beach, Florida, which is Indian River County, very beachy, upscale. You know, John Walsh lives here, for, you know, from uh, America's Most Wanted and all that. It's not what you would call a wrestling community. Now, they do do NXT nearby, uh, a couple towns down, but, you know, we're building something that hasn't been there before. Getting people to realize what we are and that we're not Johnny from the Ford dealership that's always wanted to be a wrestler, putting on a pair of boots and rolling around in the ring with his gut hanging out. These guys are coming from all over the country, and they're athletes and they're trained professionals. So people are getting a hell of a entertainment for 15 bucks, and you know, right, right here local. But my, my question to you is, what made you decide to become a, a wrestling promotion owner? I don't even know if I can think of enough to fill a hand how many women around the world own wrestling promotions. So this is a pretty tall order for you. It's it's a male-dominated world. Pro wrestling is not just the performers, but definitely behind the scenes, the executives, the bookers, the owners. What made you decide to do this? I've been a fan. I'll be honest. I grew up on wrestling. I don't even know when I saw my first show on TV. I started seeing live shows at five. But, you know... I don't get why women can't own a business because being a pro wrestling owner has nothing to do with putting on tights and rolling around in a ring. It is event management. It is marketing. It is social media. It is planning and event planning. So, you know, wanting to do this, um, polite answer, I wanted to bring something to the area that wasn't here. 
honest answer, there were some shitty shows in the area, and I went to and thought, oh, my God, I could do better. But I didn't, like, say, oh, my God, I could do better next week had a show. It was almost a year later of planning and talking and learning and watching what people were doing to run a business model that supports itself. How long did it take you before it actually was able to support itself? Because, again, you're, as you stated, you're in Florida. There's a million pro wrestling companies popping up and, and going away and dozens that are in it for the long haul. How long did it take before this thing started to actually make sense? It took us, honestly, it, it really, the first year was a struggle. We were breaking even. When I actually stepped back in the second year and allowed uh, someone else to take over booking and manage the locker room more and free me up to do what I needed to do at shows, um, that's when it, it started, 2017, it started to, to really take off. Having somebody that I trust, uh, you know, two trusted people in my locker room and being able to concentrate on the show and the event and everything that goes into it, that's what kind of works for me. And it also frees me up to be able to put us on other platforms, to put us on Roku and Fire TV and we're going to independent wrestling TV. I mean, every platform you can think of we're getting onto. So you may not see us in Florida, but we're out there when it comes to streaming platforms. That's for sure. And, and you know, just checking out your, your website there, IgniteWrestling.com, you have all that information about all the different streaming platforms folks can go to to check you out. You even have something that's pretty innovative, and, and I've never seen this before, to be honest with you. Uh, from an indie promotion, you have your own magazine. We have our own trading cards. We have our own magazine. We have our own little hot sauce. We have our own dry rub. Everybody said, you don't do that in the Indies, and I said, why? And nobody could really give me a reason why, or they just don't do it. Well, that's not a good enough reason, because if it's profitable and it gets you out there, uh, we just came out with a calendar in the last two weeks. Uh, if it gets you out there and it gets people remembering you and somewhere down the line they're like, oh, Oh, yeah, they do wrestling over at the brewery. Or, or yeah, oh, there's wrestling. Uh, there's a place on YouTube. Uh, you, you've got to get out there. You can't be a one-trick pony. And that's, I think that's why a lot of these promotions fail, because they have people that have no business background running them. They're vets that, ha that know nothing about social media, marketing, anything to do with that. They just do a show and share it to their friends and put a poster on the red box and a couple telephone poles, and then they wonder why nobody shows up. Wow. We're talking to Kim Hartlip, the owner of Ignite Wrestling. It's an exciting pro wrestling promotion down in Florida there. Kim, talk to us about NXT. NXT is, is down in, in your neck of the woods, so to speak, and you have a lot of folks who are passing through because they're trying to gain the attention of the WWE. The Performance Center, I should say, specifically is, is down there in Florida. Does that help you at all as far as the ecosystem, as, as far as the wrestlers who are in the area anyway, especially when you're running shows? There's a lot of them that are here, you know, to try to get noticed by NXT, and NXT runs about 30, 40 minutes from here um, every month or two. And what what's frustrating to me is, is you're trying to get people to come out to an indie show. 
And they're, then you see them posting on, on Facebook. Oh, look, I took a picture with Caden Carter. I took a picture with Santana Garrett. I took a picture with Danny Birch. And I'm over here going, yeah, they wrestled for me for like two years, uh, 20 minutes up the road <laughs> in the Indies. But once they get that NXT, you know, little aura around them, it's like, oh, well, they really were good wrestlers. Which is funny. Yeah. You, you had an eye on that talent ahead of time and, and that's, all the more reason why folks need to check out Ignite Wrestling so they can see the future stars of the, the larger platforms who are the, the great stars of indie wrestling today. So I, I definitely respect that. You have other unique situation here where WWE holds their big shows down there. So whether we're talking about WrestleMania or something like that, a lot of indie promotions from all over will go to where WWE is holding their big show, and they'll run their shows during the days leading up. Have you done something like that before? And if so, how did it work out for you? We did in 2017 uh, when uh, they were in Orlando. They did WrestleMania. We did it, and it was mainly, I'll I'll be honest, we did it because we wanted to be able to say that we did it because it's like, yeah, we want to be part of WrestleMania week. But would I do it again? Uh, no. We're not going to do it uh, in Tampa. Um, we have a very, uh, very strong audience, local audience over here that we've grown. And going three hours away and competing with 87 other shows and pancakes and pile drivers and every indie wrestler in the country trying to get on a show is financially not a great decision And for me because I'm running in January, I'm running in May. I won't pull, I don't believe I would pull the audience that I would over there that I will pull here locally. And plus, you're, you're, you're going to have to fight for cameras and videos and, and it, it, we, you know, I did it. I got a great video out of it. It was awesome. But the turnover and the crowd doing the events, frustrating because you start out with 50, 60, 70 people standing there. Oh, wait, Ring of Honor is doing a show, and everybody gets in their car and leaves. And then a bunch of other people wander in who've missed half the show. And it, it had to be awkward for the performers, too. You know, they warm the crowd up, and then the crowd walks out the door. So it's not something I personally want to do, um, so, but that's just me. You know, you may be the, the first person in wrestling at all to, to say that you will not do another WrestleMania week because it didn't work out. That's pretty bold, I have to say. But there's a reason why you're stupid. Well, no, it may not be pretty (laughs) stupid. If you're in business and it's working for you and you have all these other revenue streams coming in, uh, like you said, hot sauce, you you have the magazine, trading cards, all this this other stuff, streaming services are picking up on your show. You're thinking about this in a, in a, a more serious manner than most other folks are thinking about. And that's what I find so interesting about you, Kim, you're very focused on making this business work, and you're putting in the time and you're putting in the effort, and, and it's just like anybody else, whether they open up a clothing store or they open up a restaurant or what have you, your focus is on making this business work. Talk to us about the re- the reception from the wrestlers. Have you had any pushback from people who may not necessarily want to take direction from a woman? Honestly, I really didn't have only like, you know, I won't say names, but I had maybe three or four that were kind of like, you don't know what you're talking about. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to figure, decide what I'm doing. 
and I don't like the finish, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, well, you don't need to come back next show. And that was the end of that relationship. But, you know, I've been fortunate to have fantastic guys in the locker room that have helped me along the way, uh, you know, like Lindsay Dorado and, and, and John Cruz and, and Aaron Epic and, you know, various ones that have come through uh, and Trevor Reed that runs Ronin Pro, you know, that are, that are fantastic resources. And, you know, we have a very chill locker room, so we're kind of fortunate in that. To be honest, the people that push back the hardest on me are other promoters or promoters that have gone under more than wrestlers or fans that don't understand why I'm doing this because I'm not, I'm not a veteran. Yeah. And again, because of the whole competition aspect of things, if, if you see somebody doing better than you, then you want, you wonder what the heck's going on. So there's two options there. You could either partner up with that person somehow and try to learn from them, or you could sit there and throw stones and try to hurt their business. They don't want to partner with me. Uh, I, I can guarantee you the person I'm the person I'm thinking of that's coming to mind does not want to part, partner with me. He came to one of my shows, told me everything I was doing wrong. I said, "Did you buy a ticket?" He goes, "Well, I train at one of the schools." Uh, yeah, everybody buys a ticket if you're not on the show. And that was the last time I ever spoke to him. Like, don't come to my show and tell me how to run it. You know? Yeah, I, I I'll be honest. I screwed the pooch on the first, like, four shows. Um, you know, I made some booking mistakes and overbooked and ran over time and, you know, uh, you know, ended up, you know, struggling to pay. And everybody got paid, but, you know, it was an awkward experience for the first couple shows. And we decided, you know, we're not a company that can run every month. We just don't have the, the following yet. We just don't have everything. We went from running every month to running every other month and every three months. Now we run every four months. That works for me. A lot of people don't like that, but I like being an event. I like being something that people look forward to and building a sense of anticipation rather than, oh, shit, it's Friday, there's a wrestling show. Being honest with yourself and figuring out what works for you and your business and not biting off more than you can chew. I mean, legitimately setting yourself up for the long haul, that's just great business sense. Forget about wrestling. That's just great business. So you, you definitely uh, are moving in the right direction there. It's it's interesting, too, when we talk about Florida and we talk about the indie scene and what have you. There's been some pretty controversial stuff in the news recently about one guy in particular by the name of Chasen Rance. Are you familiar with him, and, and have you have you done any business with that guy before? Because it seems like no matter who you turn to, who you talk to, everybody in, who's ever done anything in Florida has a, has a Chasen story. Unfortunately, we have, and I'll say that politely. Uh, we did business with Team Vision Dojo. That's who we rented our ring off of for the first year and a half. And I was under the assumption that that is Larry Zabisco's business because when you call the number, Larry Zabisco's voice comes on. He's a living legend. And I didn't know the whole story about Jason. And Jason literally looked me and my husband in our faces told us a total bullshit story about how it was a 17-year-old girl and her family supported them and introduced them. And when when we found out the uh, the actual real situation and saw the actual articles and the police stuff, 
we no longer rent his ring. We no longer use his building. Uh, and, uh, you know, and sadly, that's affected probably 15, 20 companies up here because there's only two people that rent rings. So we switched off of that. And, um, you know, it's a sad little cliff note in our history that we just like to wish it would just go the fuck away, to be honest. How did this guy get so influential? I mean, you, you mentioned that there's some kind of partnership with uh, Larry Zabisco, well, at least alleged. He, he shares the house with Larry Zabisco. People claim he's a cousin to Scott Hall. Um, he gets names to show up and do classes there at the school. I honestly don't know. I don't know if he has nudie pics or, or, or bad custom videos that people have done. I don't know what he's got on people. Uh, I just don't get it. It's just one of those things where, you know, everybody, you like you said, everybody's got a, oh, shit, I've dealt with Chase's story. Definitely thoughts out to anyone who's been affected by that individual. He just seems like a, a, a guy that has some some significant issues that need to be addressed there, which, boy, that's tough. Yeah. We're in a, a, a weird boom period right now in pro wrestling. There's a renewed focus on women's wrestling. I mean, we even Thank see God. it where the, the larger promotions are doing women's main events. And, and, you know, you have Wild Superheroes, for instance, which is an all-women's promotion that's on national primetime TV. How does that affect what you have going on right now at Ignite? Are you, are you finding that there are more women who are sending in information, trying to get on your shows? How's the response been to uh, the women's matches that you've put on? What's going on with that? We didn't do women's matches for the first couple shows, and we didn't actually do women's champion until about a year, I want to say a year, year and a half ago. But in the last, honestly, the last two years, the quality of the women that are reaching out, the, the women that are working down here, we're no longer getting the eye candy stumbling little girls that sound like they're doing a porn video. We're getting wrestlers that are trained by the Dudley Boys. We're getting, you know, phenomenal wrestlers that are all over, coming from all over the country and girls. And we even had a girl from Australia, Jessica Troy. And they're coming in there and they are stealing the show from the guys because they're as physical, if not more, than some of the, some of the men's matches are. Because these girls are out to prove they're not eye candy anymore. They're legitimate athletes. Do you think it's a fad or do you think this is no. here to stay? This focus yeah. on women's wrestling, this I don't seriously. think I don't think women in the sport and I don't think women as fans are gonna let them go back to to the puppies. They're not gonna go backwards. Nobody nobody wants to go back to being degraded and everything because they're paying the same amount to train as wrestlers. They're doing the same travels and their pay is horrible. Uh, they're not paid on scale with the guys in, in a lot of places. Uh, they're they used to be bathroom breaks and. They've worked too hard as a whole, women, the women in the sport, to allow that to happen. And I don't, you know, there's always going to be the custom video bumblers and there's always going to be the, the really bad girls. But this new wave of women and the ones that are coming behind them and the level of training they're doing, they're not going to downslide. And thank goodness for that, because I'll tell you right now, as someone growing up uh, who's always been a major uh, women's wrestling fan, it's awesome to see today. It's awesome to be live in 2019 and see women in the main event at WrestleMania, women in the main event at Ignite Wrestling. It just makes sense. You know, if if you have the talent 
you're willing to put in the dedication, then you should be able to be at the top of the card. And why not? Well, see, you've got to understand, when I became a, a really big fan was Wendy Richter. You know, years of moolah and, 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 and the same movesets. And Wendy Richter came in there like a breath of fresh air, actually wrestling and brawling. And that was something no one had ever seen before. Because we'd only seen you know, the ones that, the, the, the poor chops and the poor slams. And you look at the women that, that came, Beth Phoenix, uh, you look at Molly Holly, totally underrated Molly Holly. And these women that came along, Natalia and even Naomi, that brought the physicality and showed what, what people could do. They set the stage for, for the Becky Lynches. They set the stage for, you know, all the rest of these and the Baileys and, and all the ones that are, that are now there that are, rest, that are actually wrestling instead of just being, you know, an off match. And they're showing that they can entertain, they can work the crowd. And what I like about their matches is they don't have to rely on all that garbage that the guys are doing to get over. They can get over on their performance alone. Tell me this, is, is it on purpose that your promotion has maintained a, a very strong level of diversity? Because what we hear the excuse from all these different promotions through the years is that, you know, the the prototypical wrestler is a white male, you know, and it has to be a white male. But on your cards, you, you got all different types of shapes, sizes, colors, genders, you name it. What is that about? What, why is your card so diverse it's just something that happened, to be honest, because I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking at a wall. I have all my posters. I'm sitting there looking at the wall, and I'm looking, girl, Hispanic girl, African-American. There is that much variety down here. And, uh, yeah, you know, if I was doing a show where I grew up in West Virginia, I wouldn't have this diversity in the show because it wouldn't be that, you know, it's, it's the availability here in Florida and the people that are willing to travel down here. That's interesting. It makes me wonder, too, because... Again, you're one of the few women who own a pro wrestling company in the world, literally in the world, not just America, anywhere. Is there a certain level of pressure put on you to, to kind of correct all the mistakes of others? Do you feel any of that at all? I feel that I was under a microscope for a long time. Uh, I feel that there was a lot of people that wanted to see me fail. The sad part is I'm still here going on my fourth anniversary and their companies are long gone. So it, it sounds, I sound really cocky and bitchy when I say that, but I don't really care what people think and I don't have anything to prove. I have a sign in my office that actually says, I want every girl to know that her voice can change the world, but I don't have to beat that drum. I simply go out and do what needs to be done. Damn right. And, and speaking of beating drums, you recently had a tremendous honor. Uh, in fact, it was this past October. You participated in a, in a TED Talk. I was part of TEDx Vero. Uh, it was the first uh, TEDx done here locally. And I did get to talk. Uh, I did talk about breaking the glass ceiling. Uh, a lot of the stuff we've talked about is in my TED Talk. It's not live on YouTube yet, but it's coming in the in the next few weeks. And, you know, getting to step out behind the company and show people that I'm just not some mark that wants to watch the guys change their clothes, which some people think, uh, was kind of cool. Because uh, people have no idea what actually goes on in the in the running of a business. And uh, we were talking before we got on, being a promoter is like herding cats. 
And you just don't walk in and the show miraculously happens because everything that can go wrong will go wrong. You're going to have eight people that are going to walk up and say, can I change my music 15 minutes before the curtain? Travel, we've had electrical outages, you know, sound system glitches. It's more than what people think. It's not just like I said, putting an event on Facebook, throwing a couple posters up. It's months of planning. And I'm one of the few promoters that I know that actually networks and goes to chambers and rotaries and events. And we were just in a chili cook-off two weeks ago, serving 10 gallons of chili to get the name of the company out there because it's more than just doing a show. We're part of the community, and we want people to know that we're here. And you're you're doing it the right way. And, again, it's just it's it's fascinating to me to hear you say things like that. Uh, You know, my listeners know that I I have a – government background, uh, constituent services in particular, and the community aspect of, you know, like you said, showing up to chambers and doing community events like the Chili Cook-Off and things like that, this affords you the opportunity to get to know your neighbors and for them to get to know you. And the fact that you're ahead of the curve so much that you understand the importance of these things and you participate in that actively, it's just... Really, really sharp business ethics on your part, and, and I'm really proud of you. To be honest with you, it's just yeah. Well, you about. can't you can't just be something that shows up. If you're part of if you're going to be part of the community, you are part of the community. That's like this weekend. We're actually doing um, we're participating in a it's a walkathon to uh, raise awareness for military suicide. We've got a lot of people, uh, a lot of our roster, my husband included that helps out at our shows, that are former military. So we've done a lot with Wounded Warrior Project. We've done a lot with with Maddie's fight. We've, uh, we used to have a nonprofit that was part of us that worked with uh, children with disabilities. So, you know, we're, we've always been more than just a show. We are part of the community. And as such, we're out there cleaning up the beaches, and we're out there doing the walks, and we're out there at these events. We're not an island. We pay taxes. We are part of Vero. Well said. And let us know here. you you got a big event coming up uh, in a couple months here, and I know you've put a lot of work behind it. You, you have some of the best talent that's going to be there, best talent on the indie scene down there in Florida. Talk to us about the big event coming up in January. Uh, January 11th, Chaos is the name of the show. Um, we're going to be back at Walking Tree Brewery. Uh, again, another noon show. Aaron Epic, our champions defending uh, against Troy Hollywood. We're going to have Serpentico there. Ethan Case is coming down from the Carolinas. Uh, Leon Scott, Gabriel Lacey, uh, Tech will be there. Uh, Kylan King will be there. Sophie Castillo, who's, who's been wrestling all over the country and down in, in uh, Puerto Rico, different places, she's going to be taking on Kylan King. So it's, it's going to be a diverse card. There's going to be, you know, Classic tag matches, you know, and we have a hostile tag team going against our champions. You know, we've got guys that have they've got a, a story going. You know, girls, it, it, it's going to be a fun event. And for the first time, we're going to actually do free use admission, which we've never done with paid adults, uh, because we really do want to get the kids into the shows. You know, we are family friendly, and the guys are fantastic about watching their language and not being ultra violent. And weapons and blood, but you know it's a fun time. So yeah, we're we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to joining some new platforms. But yeah, we're definitely looking forward to January 11th. 
because uh, Aaron Epic is going on close to a thousand day reign at this point. And, you know, if he could just lose, it would be awesome. Because <laughs> I'm so sick of his shitty little dirty wins, I, I can't stand it anymore. Well, we know Aaron Epic, he definitely is. You either love him or you hate him. There's no in between with that guy. So that'll be yeah. one there, January 11th. That's, that's going to be the sad, a, the, the sad part is I sit in my own shows and scream Aaron Epic sucks. <laughs> He's my own champion. <laughs> Well, you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I sit with a whole crowd. There's a whole crowd of us at Boom. You know, uh, and, and and the cool part is, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's predetermined. You know everything that's going on. There's a lot that I know, and there's a lot that I don't want to know because I want to enjoy the show, too. So there'll be things that will be happening, and I'll be like, you've got to be kidding me. And you have Sophie Castile. I mean, she has been here on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast before, and that young lady, she is just taken off. Uh, so oh, she's phenomenal. Yes, it'll be interesting to see how that works out there and ignite wrestling for Sophie Castillo as well. That, that sounds like a pretty stacked card there. Once again, January 11th. What is the venue one more time? Walking Tree Brewery in Vero Beach, Florida. That's right. Tell the folks, if they want to keep up with Ignite Wrestling and make sure that um, they can plan, especially for our folks from around the, the world, if they're going to be in the Florida area and they want to plan to go to one of your shows, what's the best way that they can keep up with everything that's going on? Yeah, we're on all social media at Ignite Wrestling, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, Google My Business. We're on YouTube, uh, Fight TV, Roku, Independent Wrestling TV is coming next week, Pivot Share, and I know I'm forgetting stuff, but if you just type in Ignite Wrestling, you can't help but find us. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Listen, Kim, Art Lip, I, I, I want to thank you for what you bring to the wrestling community because you're a legitimate business person who actually has ethics and who cares about putting on business the right way. This isn't a joke. This isn't, some, like you said, you're not some money mark that's just out there trying to get their kicks. Uh, you, you legitimately want to put on the best product foster a healthy wrestling community and, and put on a product that the fans can appreciate, bring the whole family to and enjoy. And it, it really is just refreshing to speak to an owner and hear all of these things. This isn't just some major money grab. This is a legitimate, you have a plan and you're executing the plan and, and it's working out, which means you're doing the right thing. So on behalf of the entire wrestling community, once again, I just want to thank you for all that you've brought to the table and what you'll continue to do. Yeah, I appreciate you letting me come on and, and, and talk. It's nice to be able to actually talk to people and let them hear, you know, what actually goes into all this. How about that? I'll tell you, man, that, that Kim Artlip, she is a, a person who doesn't take any stuff from anybody, and she means what she says, says what she means. She, she's a tough one. But that's the best part. And the woman, what's what's interesting is she is a business person. She knows what she's talking about. And she's doing a great job with that Ignite Wrestling down there in Florida. Uh, very interesting indie promotion where you know, a lot of folks have come through there. I know the Young Professor and Sticks. They've done some commentary there. Uh, Sophia Castillo, you know, she's been on the show and... You may have seen her pop up on NXT in, in different uh, situations. She's participated in Ignite. I know she's going to be at the next card. Just a really fun, interesting promotion with 
folks who know what they're doing. So definitely want to say shout out to Kim and, and everybody down there at Ignite. Keep doing what you're doing because what you're doing is great. It's good stuff there. Listen, I want to go over a couple of top stories. And I'm going to start with WoW Superheroes because Jungle Girl finally, Jungle Girl finally got her rematch against Tessa Blanchard. And let me tell you something. That was a kick your butt type of match. These ladies beat the the stuffing out of each other. In fact, Jungle Girl even had a bloody nose. And in the end, Tessa was able to retain, but it wasn't easy. It was not an easy day for Tessa whatsoever. Boy, what a match. If you get a chance, I don't care what you have to do. You got to check out this past week's episode of Wow Superheroes and check out that match between Tessa Blanchard and Jungle Girl. It was a heck of a match. And keep in mind, I mean, Jungle Girl, she said it even on the show. She was the face of Wow Superheroes for years, years and years. So the fact that you have what I consider the world's best wrestler on the planet right now, Tessa Blanchard, taking Jungle Girl to the limit and, and defeating Jungle Girl, retaining the Wild Superheroes World Championship. Just awesome. Awesome stuff there. And don't forget, Wild Superheroes, uh, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Access TV. Keep your eyes peeled for that because they just continue to knock it out of the park. Just really a, a great show. No two ways about it. Uh, speaking of, of bloody noses, oof, boy, NXT this past week, I don't know what was going on. It's like there was something in the air. I mean, you had Zia uh, Lee. She kicked Aaliyah so hard in the face that she broke Aaliyah's nose. So there was just blood everywhere. That was just crazy. And it was a good match, too, by the way. Uh, the, the whole episode was great. But what was interesting is that the main event, the main event had Ido Shirai versus Mia Yim, and it was a ladder match. Mia Yim is holding the ladder, and Io, she does a, a move where she springboards off of the, the ropes, and she kicks the ladder, and it smashes Mia in the face, and it looks like her nose got busted open. Too. I mean, she was just pouring blood for a little bit of time there and it just oh and that was just one spot that was crazy these ladies beat the hell out of each other i mean even at one point the finish saw mia yim go through a ladder uh she was on top of a ladder and then that ladder got pushed while mia was on it and she went through a ladder on the outside and it was just one of the craziest bumps you'll see it's just wow i'm telling you right now if you're a pro wrestling company and you can't find space to have multiple women's matches on your cards. You ought to be ashamed of yourself because I'm telling you, man, these women are putting their bodies on the line. They're doing what needs to be done. They, they are taking the same risks. They are, they are doing it all out there, leaving it in the ring, so to speak. There's just really no reason why we can't have more women's matches. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, on the NXT card, there was two women's matches and not to mention there was a whodunit sort of situation where a lot of the NXT women were laid, knocked out outside of the arena, backstage, what have you. And they were trying to figure out who done it. And in the end, Paige comes out. So it looks like it was her that did it. Um, 
you know, Paige from SmackDown. Excuse me, not Paige. Uh, Bailey. Why? Why am I? Why is Paige on my mind? Paige, get off my mind. Bailey, SmackDown Women's Champ. She ended up being the person that was laying out the rest of the NXT Women's roster. So you had a common theme throughout the night: women's wrestling, women having these personal issues, women having these these things going on, and it was just awesome. And oh, by the way. You know, Keith Lee, he took on uh, Roddy Strong and just awesome, awesome matches in addition. This is what it's all about. So when I see a squash match over an AEW with Nyla Rose and, and some young lady, and that was fun because at least we got to see Nyla Rose, I was still a little disappointed because that was the only women's match we saw. And yeah, we saw... Uh, Awesome Kong come out with Brandy and they attacked Ali and that was all right, I guess. But there's got to be more, man. There's got to be more. Women's content is just, there's no reason not to deliver. Okay. It's got to be more. So I'm going to keep beating that drum because I'm a strong proponent of it. And hey, I don't know what to tell you. If you got a problem with it, that's too bad. There's no logical reason why women's wrestling can't be featured just as much as the men. There's no reason. Speaking of which, Thunder Rosa. She's my hero, man. I absolutely adore Thunder Rosa. This woman, first of all, she was on NWA Power. And she and Marty Bell just, you know, ran roughshod. And they had a great promo and kicking butt. You name it. Just beating the hell out of everybody, which is awesome. She was also... On the Combate Americas card. So she had her first MMA fight. And unfortunately went to a decision. And, and Thunder Rosa lost that match. But she made it all the way to the end. I mean you talk about somebody who is tough as nails. She got in there and had an MMA fight with an MMA pro. And she was able to hold her own and make it to the end. She didn't get knocked out. She didn't tap out. She busted her butt. She hung tough. She made it work. So that was pretty cool. And then she was on Wild Superheroes as Serpentine. And she ended up beating up Princess Aussie or Wild Superheroes. And of course, you know, shout out to the world's greatest attorney, my homegirl. You know who I'm talking about. That's right. She grabbed Princess Aussie by the hair and she was shaking her and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So, hey, I didn't know that she would interfere in the match, but it was what it was. But nonetheless, Thunder Rosa, just for somebody to to appear on two separate wrestling programs and an MMA fight all in the same week, she's unbelievable. I mean, she legitimately is the real deal, man. So definitely shout out to Thunder Rosa. She's awesome. We appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing there, please. Just really good stuff there. Um, switching back over to the AEW side, I, I definitely want to give a get well soon to Cody Rhodes. I mean, this guy took a, a dive to the outside of the ring at their pay-per-view. This um, Full Gear was the name of their pay-per-view. And Cody was in the main event against Chris Jericho, which he lost, by the way. So Jericho retained the championship, but Cody took a dive and he landed face first on the ramp and he really busted his head open pretty well there. Concussion, the whole nine yards. And I don't think he's going to be able to wrestle for a few weeks at least while he recovers from that. But just boy, high risk, man. 
high risk, you know? I, I don't know why Cody Rhodes needs to do dives, but that's what he did. High risk. It was what it was. Uh, hey, just hope you get well soon, man, because that's nobody wants to see that, you know? And MJF, this guy, in my opinion, the biggest baby face in, the, in, in all of wrestling because he's the biggest heel in all of wrestling, he turned on Cody Rhodes. And it looks like he and Chris Jericho are aligned with each other now. So that's pretty hilarious. And, and that'll be endless fun, so to speak. I, I can't wait to see MJF in the WWE someday. Because I know that when he gets there, that's going to be the pinnacle for him. And he's really going to shine. But I like what he's doing in, in AEW so far. Especially the fact that they're allowing him to be the heel that he is. Which... Fans love him, so he ends up being a babyface. It just is what it is. But I, I like MJF. He's a he's a guy that's definitely on my radar. I've been talking about him for a couple of years now. Just that's a quality worker right there. No two ways about it. You know, and it's funny too because we have a Survivor Series coming up. So WWE Survivor Series, I can't wait for that. And you guys got to stay tuned because next week I'm going to be doing a full Survivor Series preview. In fact, I'm going to be at Raw this upcoming Monday because it's going to be here in Boston. So I'll be at Raw. I'm going to be able to check out some things firsthand and then I'll report back and let you know how that went. But it should be fun. It should be fun. Listen, that's that's it for the top stories here. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into this amazing interview that I have with an amazing person. I mean, this young lady, like I said, she's an indie wrestler. She's somebody who has overcome so much, so much, but she's never given up and she's still here strong as ever today. So without further ado, here is my interview with indie wrestler Vicky V. So Vicky V, this this is really interesting for me because I try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the wrestling world. And I love indie wrestling. I'm a big independent wrestling fan, and I've heard a lot of things about Vicky V down in Texas. So I said, you know something? I got to get this young lady on my show. I, I got to find out what her story is, what she's all about. Let me start from the top here. Of all the things in the world, Vicky V, why did you become a pro wrestler? I've always been an athletic person, and after graduating high school, it was something that I wanted to keep up and. I really enjoyed watching wrestling, and I felt, you know, that it was something that I thought I could do. And I enjoyed watching jazz. Jazz is, like, my favorite wrestler, and I wanted to be like her. (laughs) So that's when I located um, Rudy Gonzalez's school in San Antonio and started training there, and I just basically fell in love with it. That's pretty cool. And listen, shout-out to Jazz. You know, Jazz is a former former guest on Duke Close Wrestling Podcast. Absolutely love Jazz. She is the best. She's a legend. She'll be in the Hall of Fame, WWE. Get your act together. Put Jazz in the Hall of Fame, by the way. (laughs) And shout out to Rudy Boy Gonzalez, the trainer of champions, Mm -hmm. El Presidente. This this guy, I don't know what his deal is, but he always manages to find some of the best talent on the pro wrestling scene. It's just it's just amazing the folks who have come through his school and that he's had a hand in training and what have you. So it's pretty cool. You you started off over there. You started wrestling when? What, what year did you did you first uh, start training pro wrestling? So I started training 2005. Okay. 
So, so 2005, Vicky mm-hmm. V burst on the scene, and she starts, you know, little training. baby Vicky V. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were just, you know, learning the business and 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 mm-hmm. figuring out what you needed to figure out and what have you, taking your bumps, of course. Then you took some time off after after you got your training done. This is really interesting, and the reason why I say this is because we've had different types of wrestlers on the show, mm-hmm. and you always hear about these long story careers and all this other stuff, but what a lot of folks don't realize, and for you listeners out there who are interested in getting into the pro wrestling business, a lot of people start, a lot of people take time off, and a lot of people walk away. Vicky, you had an extended time off period. How many years were you away from pro wrestling from the time that you started uh, till now? So about uh, about twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah. You took twelve years off. That that is just incredible. <laughs> so l- let's talk about that. You 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 started training, mm-hmm. and big fan like you said, jazz with somebody that you looked up to and you wanted to be like her, and then yeah. something happened which caused you to stop. So let, let, let's talk about this. Why okay, did you so, take some time off from wrestling? So at that time, I was married. And, uh, and uh, being in the in wrestling, you spend a lot of time away from family. So your, your family is basically the people you're training with. And you're constantly on the road doing things. And so my husband at the time um where I guess feeling insecure and basically I had an ultimatum of either quitting wrestling to save the family or um, staying in wrestling and getting a divorce and so I chose my husband and um tried to work on our marriage so you were put in a position where you're pursuing this dream mm-hmm. of uh, becoming a pro wrestler and, and you went through your training, you know, you were putting in the time and what have you. But then your significant other, your husband, mm-hmm. so not yeah. just some guy you're dating, but literally somebody that you were choosing to spend the rest of your life with, I guess he didn't want to share you with, with the rest of us, huh? Definitely didn't. <laughs> wow. So he gave you the ultimatum. It's either going to be pro wrestling or me. Mm-hmm. And you chose to, to save your marriage. And you also had a child, right? I have, yes, I have a child. And, uh, well, once I found out that I was pregnant and I knew I needed to, you know, get some schooling because I needed to make sure I had a way to raise this kid and provide for him. Because uh, it was my job for the next 18 years. And so I went to school. I got my bachelor's and then I am about to finish my master's. Um, in experimental psychology. So I've got one more semester. I'm actually just finishing up my thesis and I'm done. Oh, well, first of all, congratulations. Um, Thank you. That is not easy. <laughs> Never mind <laughs> the fact that you got your, your, your bachelor's, but you got your master's as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's pretty cool. So here we go again. I mean, you, you did the pro wrestling starting off. Mm-hmm. You got married. You decided to, mm-hmm. to focus on the family. You know, you had a baby, went back to school. I mean, just you were living your life right. and and doing what 
like you said, you had an obligation to take care of your child, so you're just doing what you needed to do in that regard, which so many of us, that that's just a, a common life story right there. Right. But you're not a common person. <laughs> Vicky V is, is, is a person that has some layers going on here, and, and it's interesting, especially when we talk about uh, the education aspect, because you just said that you, you completed your, your bachelor's and, you, and you're about to complete your master's. Mm-hmm. If we were to go back in time mm-hmm. to when you were younger and you were in school, right. did you ever think that you would be at this point where you'd be getting a master's degree in something like psychology? Not in a million years. Why not? No. At a very young age, I was uh, diagnosed with a learning disability. And I spent most of my elementary and junior high and special ed. Um, I didn't get to go to classes with all the students. I was in a classroom with with, with all the kids who had special education needs and things like that. And so um, I really thought I was dumb. I thought I couldn't learn. My fourth grade teacher even once told me that I was dumb. So you basically believe it. And so it's kind of like the self-fulfilling prophecy. And I spent most of my life thinking I was dumb. Um, even after I graduated high school, I attempted college. I went one semester and I bombed it. I had a, like a, I, I failed every class. I, I never had to study. I never had homework. I never, um, I mean, I would just in high school, teachers literally just passed me because um, I had to play sports. I was pretty athletic, and I feel like uh, my coaches were good at My coaches were the reason why I passed high school, but um, I really didn't learn how to read and comprehend what I was reading until I decided just to give college another try. I was about 25 when I sat down and taught myself to read. I, when I first started, my very first class was psychology. And um, I remember getting the book and reading the chapter and not knowing. I, I had no clue what was going on. Like, I did not comprehend the word. I just, what I ended up doing was I got a highlighter. I read, I broke down each paragraph. And I would write a little summary of what I thought it was and highlight important things. And eventually, um the things started to make sense to me. And, you know, something super silly is that when I finally took my first exam, I passed with an A, and I thought that I came up with this, like, like brilliant thing, like, um, oh, my gosh, like, I have to share this with the world. Like, if you read and reread and highlight and put extra effort, you'll actually learn something. But little did I know that was that's what people were doing. It's called studying. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that at the time, but I do now. And then, and um, I picked up this skill, and and it's what's gotten me through. And so I'm not dumb. I was just. I feel like I was misdiagnosed as a child, and not given the opportunity. Yeah, you you definitely just said a mouthful there, and it's <laughs> the question that comes to mind when I hear a story like that. You from the fourth grade, you even had. A, teacher telling you you were dumb, which is just such a terrible word. Miss Martinez, um, I'll never forget her. How did you find the 
the inspiration, the resolve, the strength to continue to push yourself forward and, and continue your education despite the fact that you had gone pretty much the majority of your life with people telling you that you were less than. So um, I felt less than until having my child. Once I had my son, I was not married. I was I was alone, and I knew that I was going to have to somehow uh, figure out a way to get this kid through life. And it was all up to me to do it, and I was going to do anything it took to to better myself so that my child would have a chance. It sounds like you haven't looked back since. We haven't. That is impressive. We're talking to indie wrestler Vicky V. It's crazy, Vicky, because again, you, you know, you you took you started off with the pro wrestling. You took all this time off, had a child, went back, got your education, despite the fact that you had had all that trauma as, as a young person. You came back to pro wrestling. Why? It's always been a passion of mine, and I've always kept communication with with Rudy, my trainer, Rudy Gonzalez. And uh, he's always asking, you know, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? <laughs> and I've always said, you know, one day, one day. And sometimes I would say, okay, I'm going to go this weekend. I'm going to go this weekend. And and something would come up and I wouldn't go. But it's, it's what I really wanted to do. It's just in me. I, it's, it's a passion of mine. And it's something that was, in a sense, taken away from me. But I'm, take, I'm taking it back. I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to live out my dreams. Or, or die trying. <laughs> Well, you certainly are, and it's interesting because, like you said, even at, at a young age, you were into sports, mm-hmm. and you excelled at sports. Pro wrestling isn't the only sport that you've been up to over the past uh, 12, 15 years. I did my research. You mm-hmm. actually have <laughs> some experience playing football. Yeah. So t- talk to me about this here. What, what, what is this football business? I decided to try out for football team, a local football team that we have here in Harlingen, and they kind of play, um, well, not just local, it's a state, it's a state league, but, it's, uh, well, I tried out for the Harlingen team, and I made it, and I, um, I was the linebacker on defense and a fullback full on offense, and, oh, my God, I fell in love with the sport. I get to hit people and not get in trouble, and, uh, amazing (laughs) well again and there's no wonder why pro wrestling is something that you took to so well because you you were so good at football and and like you said hitting people and getting away with physical sport yeah (laughs) that's that's what you're into and it's Mm -hmm. it's funny because one of the first things that anyone is going to notice when they see vicky v you are in incredible shape you're not in good shape you are in incredible shape You've been taking advantage of that recently and, and kicking it up to the next level. You've been putting yourselves in competitions. T- talk to us about this here because this is another layer of you stepping out of your shell and presenting yourself to the world. What's what's this thing that you've been doing in the fitness world? This year, I decided that I was going to compete in a figure competition. And so, starting January 1, I met with my trainer, Mr. Roger Nessa, out of Perfect Body in Harlingen. And uh, we came up with a plan, and I picked the date. So, 
uh, I chose to compete. Um, it was November 2nd, actually, just passed. Um, and so we worked this whole year on trying to get my physique where it needed to be. It was working out five days a week, um, cardio three days a week, dieting. I was eating every three hours. It was just, I completely immersed myself in it, and it was worth it. <laughs> I just competed, and I got first place in the novice, uh, figure novice, and then I I got uh, third place in open. The girl that people were saying was less than, that she wouldn't do well in school. <laughs> the, the woman who the husband said that she couldn't be a star and he wasn't going to allow her to let the world know who she really is. And here you are, this football player, this pro wrestler, this this figure competitor who, who's winning in competitions. This is just incredible. And, oh, by the way, you're working on your second degree in college, a master's, by the way, in psychology. This is incredible. You're in amazing shape. I mean, it's clear that you've dedicated yourself to getting in the finest level of fitness that, that you can be, and it's paying off for you, which is great. What do you say to people who accuse you of taking a shortcut? Because I'm sure that that's happened before. You look at somebody who has big muscles and great shape, and you know the question is always out there. Are they taking right. something, or did they get there naturally? What do you say to people like that? Funny you ask that. Today I went to... GNC to go get um, some more protein and uh, the lady who works there uh, she came up to me and she's like oh you look interesting and I was like oh thanks and she's like so what kind of gear are you on and I'm like what are you talking about and she was like yeah well you're you're big and uh, well you have like a deep voice so I figured so uh, so I'm asking and I was like I'm not on any gear and so I had to tell her, you know, that the reason why I have this voice is because um, this last year I was dating someone and he was very abusive and uh, there was a point where he tried to kill me and he was choking me to the point where I uh, lost consciousness and um, he completely destroyed my vocal cords. I couldn't talk for about a month and a half. Um, and I still have trouble with it. Um, I have a very raspy voice because of it. And uh, I had to like go on and explain to her about that. And, and that's actually the reason why I started weight training. Because uh, um, during the time that he was on top of me, choking me, I mean, I was trying to fight back, but um he was a bigger stronger guy he was i i didn't have a chance you know and so um i just never want that to happen again and so my new year's resolution was to get stronger and uh that way i have a chance to fight back and uh you know it made me not only physically stronger but mentally and emotionally stronger and Lifting weights has really saved my life. You know, shame on the person who said that to you. Um, that is just unacceptable. 
people can just be so so cruel. Yeah. People can just be so cruel, and and it's funny because it's like you you, you just explain with your voice. Mm-hmm. I've assumed that you're just a soft spoken person. I didn't realize that you actually, you know, because of damage that has happened to your vocal cords, that's why you are soft spoken. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, how did, how is that? recovery going as far as is your uh, voice will you ever have full strength back or are you able to yell uh, like how does that work i uh, i can yell a little bit but uh like this this past match actually um i tried to yell and uh, i actually lost my voice after the match because i did a little too much yelling i lost my voice for about a i'm gonna say like 30 minutes but i had to rest it yeah, I can't yell too much. And even talking a lot, I don't know if you've noticed that throughout our conversation, my voice has gotten a little more, like, breathy. I don't know. I can feel it, like, starting to want to give out on me. Um, but um, I was told, like, the doctor told me that if I was to see maybe, like, a vocal coach to try to help me um, regain my vocal or my, my voice or, that, or, like, work the muscles, I guess, in that area that it's a possibility that I could get my or repair some damage that was done. <laughs> well, that that doctor sure was speaking your language because when it comes to <laughs> uh, building up muscles, that's certainly something that dangerous <laughs> Vicky V knows how to do. That's for sure. Wow. <laughs> no matter what people tell you, you have not given up. No. You, you've dedicated yourself to, to getting your, your mind and your, and your, and your body and, top shape and you're seeing the results of doing that that's incredible that's that's really incredible what what do you have to say to folks out there who may have found themselves in a similar situation that you've been in in the past where you know people are are, have put doubt in their minds or told them that they're not going to be able to accomplish the dreams and the goals that they've set What's some advice that you can give to folks as somebody who has been through that? What I tell myself is basically you're never going to know until you try. And if you try, you have to try with 110% and with intent to win or intent to achieve the goal you set out for yourself. And so um, if you have that mentality and you work hard, you're already doing more than the average person. Set little goals to meet your big goals, um, but you really have to set them and check on them and and look back on them and reflect and and figure out what it is that you did that caused you to fail and then go from there, fix it, patch it up, and start again. Just don't give up. Well said. Well said. Listen, Vicky, I know that you're on Facebook and, and you have definitely carved out a, a pretty cool following for yourself. If any of the listeners out there want to check you out on Facebook and follow your journey and, and continue to, to keep track of your inspirational story, let them know. What's what's the Facebook address there they can, you know, follow along at? They can look me up at Vicky V. Vento, V-I-K-I-V-E-E, Vento, V-E-N-T-O. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. And, folks, again, you know, Rudy Boy Gonzalez is Texas Wrestling Academy and you know their their promotion, Texas Wrestling Entertainment. You can catch Vicky out there kicking butt and taking names all throughout Texas on these cards here. It doesn't matter if you're a man, woman, in between, whatever. 
Uh, she'll beat you up if you really need it. So, <laughs> and I, I've seen it. She's not, she's not one to play with, folks. So you watch yourself. Vicky, before we let you go, yeah. I, I got to ask you an important question. I really need your help with something here, okay? Okay. Okay. There is a person on this planet who is my arch nemesis, and she's been a thorn in my side for a number of years now. Okay. And just hearing your story, you know, somebody who never gives up, somebody who is dedicated to accomplishing goals, I feel like I finally have found the person who can settle the score for the Duke here. So <laughs> I need you to promise me okay. that you are going to beat up that no-good punk Micah Madrid. Can you can you promise me that you're going to crush her for me, please, Vicky? Because she's my arch nemesis. I need this. I need this. And my birthday's coming up. This would be a great gift for me. Can you know you... what? I wrestle her this weekend. Oh. Yep. Okay. So what does that mean? Are you, are you going to crush her for me? Are you going to I'm going to crush her for you. See that? I am. See that? I'm going to do it in your name. Do it in your honor. <laughs> her name is Vicky V. The Micah Madrid crusher, the inspirational <laughs> one, Vicky, will definitely have you back sometime. In, in, in fact, you know, once you graduate and get that Masters, uh, your next uh, figure competition, when you become a champion in pro wrestling, you're welcome to come back and share with the Duclos Wrestling listener. Thank you so much. Wow. I mean, how powerful is that? Just a, a insane tale of perseverance somebody who has refused to give up she she's just what can you say to that you know people told her that she wouldn't be able to make it in education and she's working on her second working on her masters she already has her bachelor's working on her masters people told her that she can't wrestle anymore and what have you she's back wrestling you know she's a football player She's out there doing competitions with, with, you know, body sculpting competitions, what have you. Vicky V is a complete inspiration. She's she's uh, overcome domestic violence. She's a mom. She's, she's raising her son and, and what have you here. Just a person who it's hard to root against her. So I appreciate you, Vicky V. Keep doing what you're doing. And like I said, folks, we'll definitely check back in with her soon. Um especially once she gets that that master's degree just a great story great person to follow and i appreciate uh all that she's doing out there you know like i said folks i i want to touch upon something that's been a very sensitive topic and it's this jordan miles situation so that's what the wwe calls him jordan miles for all of you folks who are familiar with the independent wrestling scene he's known as a c h believe those are his his uh, initials interesting guy interesting guy uh, very hardworking guy a person who is easy to root for in his own right just because he brings a lot to the table he accused the WWE of racism and I know I covered this a couple weeks back uh, there was a shirt with a ridiculous design and he brought it to their attention that it's similar to racist imagery, which historically has gone around, you know, just foolishness. He brought it to their attention. And I don't know what happened, right? 
so the way the WWE tells it, he approved the shirt, so they put it out to market. And then they took it down. The way that he tells it, ACH, Jordan Miles, whatever you want to call him, he gave them an alternative because he was against that design. And they chose not to go with his alternative in the end. And they still put out the bad shirt. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. But it went to market, which it should never have gone to market. But I guess it was taken down before anything was sold. And, you know, ACH says that he confronted Triple H about it and come to find out the, the, the design guy who pushed it through. I guess he wasn't completely telling the truth on everything. Listen, ACH put out emails, screenshots of emails. So I don't know if we can necessarily just chalk this up to allegedly. It looks like his version of events to that degree is definitely true. So he's accused the entire company of racism, though, which you're going to have a hard time saying that that's not true because there's a million examples of the WWE doing things that are, in fact, very racist. There's no two ways about it. It's a fact, right? Let's not pretend. It's a fact. Things have gotten better, we hope. But when you see this, like this T-shirt thing, then you, you, you're reminded that there's still a long way to go. The thing about ACH is that he's an extremely outspoken person. And I want to be careful with how I discuss this because there's this stereotype that if you are a person of color, especially a black person, if you're outspoken, if you stand up for yourself, if you let the world know you're not going to put up with something, that makes you a troublemaker, right? If you start talking about race, you're wronged. Something happened that is wrong and you're bringing attention to it. You're a troublemaker. Oh, come on. It's not about race. It's just an honest mistake and this and that and all. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody's going to tell you that you're wrong. Even when you're right. And it's not like they're going to circle back and say, hey, you know, by the way, man. Yeah, that was messed up. You were right. Nah, people just want to be quick to pile up on you okay fine so he puts that information out his complaint and he and he demands wwe do something about it and then he says he just wants out of the company because he can't stand it and then he said it's just like ring of honor where jay lethal who's an uncle tom Ring of Honor only could have room for one top black guy and that was it. And, you know, this is an issue that's rampant throughout the business. I'm paraphrasing, but he called Jay Lethal Uncle Tom. And he drew some kind of comparison to Ring of Honor. Now you have a bunch of people coming out saying, you know, I was with ACH until he called Jay Lethal Uncle Tom. And who you should never talk about Jay Lethal like that. Jay Lethal is the salt of the earth. He's the greatest guy in the world. Blah, blah, blah. Folks, give me a break. Listen, I don't know Jay Lethal. So I'm not going to sit here and, and say that Jay Lethal is the greatest guy in the world or he's a piece of trash. I. I don't know. But here's what I do know. I know human beings. I know people. And if there's one thing about people is that no matter how good you are, 
You've done some pretty messed up things to somebody at some point in your life. Myself included. And things that could be perceived as messed up. No matter how good you are. Especially if you're successful. For all the people that you've helped in life, there's at least one person who feels like you didn't help them. And maybe you didn't. And you could have your own reasons why you didn't. But the end result is the end result. So for ACH to call out Jay Lethal and share his feelings on Jay Lethal. That's a beef between those two guys. And it's not like you or I have been with them at all times to know what really happened there. It's just one guy and his version of the story and another guy and his version of the story. That's what it is. But to, to, to turn around and say, well, all of this guy's credibility is shot now because he called Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom. And how dare he say that Jay Lethal is, is this and he's the greatest. Stop it. I'm sure Jay Lethal was a, was a very nice guy. And I know Jay Lethal has helped a bunch of people out there, but I'm sure you can find plenty of people that Jay Lethal was screwed over in life as well. Fact. And not just him, everybody. So stop it. If ACH, in fact, is one of those people that's been wronged by Jay Lethal, then that's the way it is. That doesn't take away from any good that Jay Lethal has done, but that's the way it is. So who the heck are you to say that this guy doesn't have any credibility because he said something about Jay Lethal? That's embarrassing. That's foolish. It just doesn't work that way. There are two sides to every coin. And it's not hard for me to believe that Jay Lethal could have done something that have that makes ACH feel the way that he feels about him. I think there's probably some validity to it on both sides. ACH could just be interpreting things in a manner that's unfair. I think that could be true too. But I'm not going to say that everything this guy says lacks credibility because he said something about Jay Lethal. Who the hell is Jay Lethal? That's like saying, I mean, who the hell are you? And who the hell am I? (laughs) You know? Let me tell you something, folks, and I'm going to go all the way with this. And this this is definitely going to piss some people off, and I don't really care. But I'm going to go all the way with this. If if somebody walks up to you, any of my loyal listeners, any of the listeners of Duke Loves Rousey, and say, you know something, that Duke, he's a piece of crap, he's a jerk, he's a this and a that. You want to defend me? You want to say, hey, listen, I know that guy, and he seems like a pretty good guy to me. That's fine. But don't you dare tell that person they're wrong. Don't tell them they're wrong. Because how the hell do you know? <laughs> You don't know my interactions with that person. You don't know what we've been through. You don't know what, what, what I've had to do, what they've had to do that brought us to that point. There's a very good chance that I was a jerk to that person. So what? That's real life. There's a long list of people I've helped throughout the, the years, but I'm sure there's a long list of people who feel like I didn't do enough for them. That I didn't help them. That I could have helped them and I didn't. And for that reason, I'm a this and I'm a that. And I'm all right with that. That's real life. That's human being stuff, man. That's what it's all about. There's nobody perfect. 
everybody has these moments. Everybody has these criticisms. That's just the way it is. So who the hell are you to tell Jordan Miles that he lacks credibility because he said something about this guy? Come on. Come on. Just stop it. Stop it. It's not right. I don't know Jay Lethal. I don't know ACH. But I believe both of those guys have done a lot of good and they've probably done a lot of bad as well. It just is what it is. And hopefully it evens out in the wash. Who knows? What I do know is the WWE is a worldwide entertainment company, publicly traded. And they got a lot of issues that they still need to figure out. And they're working on a lot of things and they've come a long way. I've watched them my entire life. I've seen their growth. But they still fail sometimes miserably and that t-shirt situation was a miserable fail it should have never hit the market that's a fact and based on those interactions that ACH put out there publicly this guy he was dealing with what's this guy's problem I hope they performance manage that guy and get to the bottom of what the hell that was all about that's a fact Now, is the entire company a racist company? I'm not going to go that far. I don't feel that way personally, but I don't work there. What the hell do I know? I know if you ask Gail Kim, she she has a story to tell. I know Mark Henry doesn't want to tell the story that he could tell. I know Booker T, who's still cashing WWE checks, he's gone through a lot of stuff over there that he wants to pretend like it never happened or he just doesn't want to go there and get specific. It is what it is. But I'm not going to say this guy is completely discredited just because he said something about Jay Lethal. Get out of here. Stop it. So anyway, ACH, he puts out a couple of videos yesterday. And he demands his release from WWE. He says he doesn't work there anymore. He basically released himself, which that's not how it works, by the way. That's not how it works. And who knows if WWE is going to release him. I hope they do just because this is what the guy wants and he's very he's not doing anybody any favors when he keeps putting out these videos like that but we'll see what happens and if this is a mental health situation I don't know I'm not his doctor I don't know this guy's life but if it is then I hope he gets the help that he that he needs and I hope you wrestlers out there who know this guy who care about this guy you're backing him up in that manner you're providing the support that he needs in that manner. We're talking about people at the end of the day, folks. Just keep that in mind. We're talking about people. Real people with real problems dealing with, with real life issues. And it's not neat and it's not perfect and it's not always clear. It's dirty. It's mucky. It's, it's tough. It's nuanced. But that's life. That is real life. So why the hell do you think you can determine black and white, simple as that? Good luck with that. Anyone who thinks that they can just make a determination right off the bat like that, good luck with that. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
once again, I, I hope Jordan Miles, ACH, whatever your name is today, tomorrow, whatever. I just hope you're all right. And I hope the people that care about you the most are there for you. And I'll tell you, brother, I don't care what it is that you got going on, whatever comes next. I'll be there to support you because I, I truly respect what you do in the ring. And I respect somebody who's not afraid to stand up and say, hey, this is wrong. I won't tolerate being treated like this. I respect that. Because at the end of the day, our entire country was built on that. People want to talk about the Constitution and all these other things. What was the Boston Tea Party about? People were standing up for themselves, saying, I'm not going to take it anymore. This is wrong. But yet, it's just strange that if a black man starts talking about racism, people get get very nervous. They want to hear about that. If women start talking about equal rights and, and equal pay and what have you... People get nervous. They want to hear that stuff. Come on, man. Don't don't stir the pot. Don't don't cause any trouble here. You start protesting something. You start talking about injustice, and suddenly it's as if you slapped your mama or something. I it's just it's really strange. People forget what America is supposed to be about. Civil unrest is the whole point, right? In the end at the end of the day, when all else fails, that's where you gotta go. It's just a fact. That's what we're built on. So, hey, I digress. I want to thank my great guests this week. You know, it, it just very inspirational, great stories. Kim Artlip and, and Vicky V. Just two, two great ladies, man. I just I really appreciate them. And I, I'm, I'm so happy and I feel so fortunate that they came on the Duke Loves Rousing podcast and shared their stories. Just really cool. Really cool. Join us next week. Listen, I got a I got a big one. The Beast. The Beast from Wild Superheroes. She makes her Duke Loves Wrestling debut. She's going to come on the show. She's going to set the record straight about Tessa Blanchard, about Wow about Jungle Girl, you name it, man. This is this is literally one of the most anticipated interviews I've ever had. So many of you have sent me messages saying, get the beast, we want the beast. For over a year now, you've been demanding I have the beast on this show. Well, guess what? Next week, we got her. That's right. Until then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. This is the Duke saying... That's right. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.